welcome to Hannibal's Horny Abachi Season 3. We are a weekly dinner party that watches and discusses an episode of Brian Fuller's Hannibal. I am Sonia, your host and friendly neighborhood true crime nerd. Let's go around the table and introduce the rest of the party. Hi, my name is Celeste. I'm an artist, a nerd, and I'm new to Hannibal. Hi, I'm JJ. I'm a local filmmaker, local nerd, and the fanable of the three. And this week we watch Apertifo. I can't pronounce it right. I just want to say it. Apertifo. I don't know. I'm just saying it like a Caribbean person. I'm trying to. I'm doing it with a fake Italian accent. Apertifo. I don't know. Which first aired? Fake Italian. Which Apertifo? Which first aired June 25th, 2015? This episode we find out what happened to everyone. And Will's on a boat, motherfucker. I love that scene. Sorry, I'm making I you have a note about that boat thing later, but we'll get to it. Okay, so we start this episode with Chilton, you beautiful bitch. I really love his casual clothing. This I episode. was surprised. <laughs> I was not expecting him to show up. I thought he was dead. Like, I know. Gone forever, but I should have known it's Hannibal's show. It's like, yeah. unless you see somebody eaten. No one's really gone. Oh, well, I guess we haven't. Well, we saw Beverly implied to be eaten, so I guess she's still. Well, no, we saw her body. She's dead. She's dead, yeah. <laughs> but I'm really surprised because I thought he got shot in the brain. I thought he can't come back. No, that. he got shot in the face. Totally Which is different. <laughs> but I saw it go from the back of his head. Okay. Oh, well, it was the yeah. side. So technically, it would have taken. Well, because they. I'm glad they really showed all the trauma that he would have had to go through to mm. to survive something like that. Mm. So I really love that they show like the mess that his face was in. Like I really, I've seen the behind the scenes photos for that. Or they like green screen tape onto his face so it hangs down mm. and stuff. It oh, looks that's so cool. cool. It's really nifty. I really love that. I also love that Chilton is wearing the most casual clothes we've ever seen him in because he Hannibal's not around and. He he doesn't have to put up with Hannibal's like uh, approval or disapproval regarding his clothes. Well, <laughs> I think it's a matter of like you know he's already made a few mistakes in this world. He's already been pretty disgraced, so I don't see a point in putting on airs anymore. anymore yeah. He might as well just dress relatively cash. Yeah. So. And I missed his sass and that whole lot of ass. So. <laughs> Sorry, I said say that, but I just love him. Uh, we also return to my favorite asshole, Mason Berger, who is the basis for my look in our new promo pick for the podcast done by Celeste. Yay! Yay. Uh, this season, he is played by Joe Anderson, who is a bit of a babe when he's not in Mason makeup. Also, both he and Michael Pitt have fabulous hair. Uh, and I must say, I already said it, I really adore the prosthesis effects and green screen work the show did for Mason and Chilton to show off mm. their messy faces. So. Yeah. I thought it was a cool scene. I know, I was like, man, it's kind of sexual in a weird way. It was! <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, I'll show you yours yeah. if you show me mine. <laughs> or, I'll show you mine if you show me yours, and I'm just like... That's a very sexual thing to say. <laughs> well, I wanted to ask that, too. Is Mason gay? Or is Mason just, like, a weird bi person that nobody... He doesn't care where his dick goes? I don't really know about him. He's just oh, his really own creep. sort of person. Yeah. <laughs> Again, well, because we know, he, at least in the books and all that other stuff, he's supposed to be a pedophile. But I really think he's just... He's one of those people who don't quite have a sexual orientation, it's best described as a power thing. Yeah, exactly. Whenever he has power in the in the situation, then, uh, then yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I was, I was thinking about this in the bathroom before we, because uh, we, <laughs> I was thinking about this in the bathroom because me and, uh, we were going to record on Saturday, but uh, Celeste uh, missed, the, messed up the dates and we got, yeah. to, <laughs> me and JJ got really sick that day. Yeah, it <laughs> so worked out. It worked out, like... yeah. But uh, the days that followed, I was thinking about, uh, I think I said it before, but I see Mason as what Hannibal would be like if Hannibal hadn't had his sister die. I think he, if... Misha had grown to adulthood, she would be Margot. Like, he would be seeing what he could get out of her. Like, because I see them as both, like, mirrors of, like, hmm. the worst parts of each other. Like, even though uh, Mason is more of a white trash rich guy. Like, he, <laughs> yeah. Because he's made his money in um, in agriculture and farming and butchering and uh, freaking Hannibal's, like, royalty, basically. Uh, or gentry, I guess. I guess it's gentry. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Whatever that Regency era word is. So you think is. that Hannibal is always going to be, like, a psychopath? Hannibal was always going to be something terrible, I think. Like, I, Yeah, I, I agree. I think, like, yeah, he would have been something. And, yeah, eventually, yeah, I think if his family or his sister lived, it would have been probably something similar. Yeah, and I don't think it's it's coincidence that Mason has a, sis a younger sister and Hannibal did, too. 
that mm-hmm. where they were both in similar ages. Even though in Hannibal Rising, I think he was like about eight. Tamisha's like two or four. Well, I can't remember. Oh. We'll look it up later. Yeah. But <laughs> but <laughs> I have been so excited for this episode. <laughs> Plus, we get more Will showing off his chest in the hospital. <laughs> I know he's sick, but it's still sick. So. <laughs> I just love like I don't I know me and JJ were discussing this before Celeste arrived about how she is uh, really she was bored with this episode and I think it was because Hannibal only shows up for uh, about a minute. <laughs> so, what? Is that JJ? Yeah. JJ, sorry, I, Celeste, sorry, my bad. Sorry. <laughs> I was like, oh, how did he know? No, I just actually really like this. episode. Okay, sorry, my bad. Uh, scratch that, reverse it. <laughs> so. Yeah, I did find this episode pretty boring. I only wrote three pages of notes. That's to my minimal. usual nine. To my usual like. Five, so. <laughs> but it was like a, it's really fun just to see what because I think this is technically what JJ said before a filler episode in term, just to show where everybody is mm. and setting up the event for the events that follow so <coughs> I'm excited and more flashbacks this episode we find out Abigail was actually Chilton I like that mm. Chilton bought Will flowers. Yeah, I know, right? They're beautiful. Yeah, I was like, whoa, he's got really good. Like, actually spent a lot of money on those flowers. <laughs> yeah, lilies aren't cheap. Yeah, well, I was just thinking about this. Celeste, I bought uh, me and my good friend Sage. Um, Celeste's sister recently had a baby. Oh, yeah. he's so cute. Aww. And so we went to go buy flowers for uh, her sister. And the flowers we ended up getting were, like, really tiny. Because, like, the most you can get for, like, $20 is, like, a really tiny, like, fern thing. I was going to buy a succulent or whatever those things are called. Like, a little cactus or something. Mm. Oh, those are super cute. <laughs> They're I so like those. cute. Yeah, yeah, I love them. But I'm like, like, how much do you think those flowers cost? Like, 80 bucks or something? 50 $8. We're <laughs> <laughs> playing Poisters Bright Rules. <laughs> $1. So, I don't know, but yeah, they were pretty big. Like, they were like uh, beauty queen flowers, basically. Like, in li- they were lilies, right? Yeah, oh. and then white roses as well. Oof. I forgot about other. What does white roses mean? Hold on, I gotta look uh, it up. White roses. There's like a whole language in meaning. there. We don't even know. Which I know from Kate and Leopold. Apparently, there's like uh, you pick a, a flower based on what you like want to say with that mm-hmm. flower. Yeah, okay. Apparently, that got really big in the Victorian era or something, yeah. where flowers all meant a different thing, and then what you paired them with meant a different thing. Even the way you tied them together meant a thing. <laughs> Because uh, showing public affection was uh, was, ru- was rude, so you sent flowers to each other, and that was your message to Aww. the other one. I like so. that a lot. It's like send nudes. <laughs> yeah. 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 There that's probably is a flower arrangement yeah. that says yeah. that. Uh, Thou so, art the tightest. <laughs> show me that bouquet. <laughs> so white flowers, white roses mean purity, innocence, and sympathy, and spirituality. So uh, they're also associated with honor and reverence, which makes them a fitting memorial for departed loved ones. Okay, so good thing you didn't get those. (laughs) (laughs) But it was like, uh, what was it? Is it just me or is Chilton more sexy this season? Okay, I'll stop. He's okay, I guess. He's so pretty this episode. I don't know. Like, to me, he's so whiny in this. He keeps uh, going everyone shopping around for allies. You know, first he goes to Will, (laughs) then he goes to Alana, and then he goes to Verger. Well, or, would, no, Virgil. He goes Will, to Virgil first, yeah, Will, and then Alana. Because so. I think he went to Virgil first because he's the only one he doesn't have a relationship with mm-hmm. and doesn't get like he hasn't seen uh, Virgil hasn't seen uh, Chilton's interactions with Hannibal and would have known how terrible of an ally that would have been to have as Hannibal zero uh, to go after Hannibal. Basically. Yeah, <laughs> but um, I wonder why Chilton thought going to Will. After all the shit that's happened, he'd say yes. <laughs> well, I think it was just a matter of, like you like if you noticed he went to all of them while they were still recovering, mm-hmm. all still in bed, you know. I'll so still feel the fresh feel wounds. the freshness of the wounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so Hannibal did, hoping that there was still an anger or something in there. So he was like, you know, let's become allies. Let's find Hannibal and you know, kill again, <laughs> wreak revenge, take him out. Well, it's like that song from Be- Beauty and the Beast uh, <coughs> where they're gonna go kill the beast. It's like kill the beast. Yeah. <laughs> That's someone here. But, but like, what's funny is like all three of them already had ideas and plans on what to do on their own accord, but they didn't want to do it with Chilton. So. Yeah. Well, Chilton hasn't been the be- hasn't had the best luck in the yeah, last like, few seasons. He's, he's, he's sort not... of like an outsider in their group. I yeah. Find. yeah. Like, he's, the, he's the person who's fo- like he's the little brother following them around. Yeah. He's not as sophisticated as the rest of them. Unfortunately, well, I'll even say Verger's even a little bit more. Uh, well, Verger has power. He has lots of resources, so it's yeah. different. But uh, 
Yeah, it feels like poor Chilton is just trying to hang on someone's coattails and he can't seem to get on anybody. So. <laughs> uh, I think, okay, when we get to see uh, Jack is alive. I love that. Like, I'm so happy. I know JJ might not be, but... No, like, we learned he was alive last episode. Oh, so, I know, yeah. but still, I'm like, I love that Jack's alive and happy. Well, not somewhat he's happy. not happy at all. <laughs> he's not happy. <laughs> he's somewhat happy in terms he's of having alive. a path. <laughs> But I personally think Jack could beat up Will in a fair fight, as we'll see later when uh, Will goes up against Will's somebody bigger. Compared yeah, to Jack. So like, well, I can't wait till a later scene where we see what happens if when Will goes up against somebody who can really beat the crap out of him. So, oh, but I love when Jack visits Will at home. I know because he's doing working he on the board. Thing. He says, the thing. "All right, I'm going to quote. I'm gonna quote. <laughs> this is my this is my moment." <laughs> so Jack says, "So why did you call him?" And then Will says, "I wasn't decided when I called him." I just called him. I deliberated while the phone rang. I decided when I heard his voice. And then, of course, Jack's, you know, like, why? I'm just like, you. And well, because. Because he was my friend. And because I wanted to run away with him. And. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, I told you that's what he said. He was dead. I told you that's what he said. But I still think it's a front. It's all a ruse. Will is setting up the long con to get Hannibal's defenses down. <laughs> You like, know, but Hannibal's but he not did there. That, yeah. But he did that like last season. Look how that turned out. <laughs> yeah, it's so. a long con. <laughs> and they're talking about the past. You oh, know? Yeah, so exactly. it's just like, you know, in, in a way, I think he is trying to admit to Jack that, you know, there was a moment there where I wanted to. Mm-hmm. But obviously it didn't play out that way as we all saw. Because he killed my daughter. Like, it doesn't matter now, you know, but he's just still telling him. But still, <laughs> I'm just like, I just like how we can all hear it. It's canon. Will wanted to run away with Hannibal. <laughs> he wanted to. Murder husband. <laughs> but considering Jack ruined Will's life, I could understand why Will would not want to see him. <laughs> so, like, it's... Because mm-hmm. he was, like... He wasn't looking at Jack at all, like, throughout that whole scene. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't want to see Jack either, because, like, Jack is the whole reason that Will is in this whole Hannibal situation. Like... Yeah, Jack's kind of a douche yeah i love jack as a person <laughs> yeah i like jack yeah he's but, all right yeah. yeah just he, he doesn't he just ruined because how many he people's lives did. have he ruined um he ruined mary and lass's life he ruined jack uh he ruined will's life uh we see later that he probably ru- ruined clarice's life yeah <laughs> so, if, we go, if we kept going with that storyline yeah he would have ruined clarice's life. life too because in <laughs> hannibal the movie uh clarice becomes disgraced after she uh, she kills a woman with yeah. her baby in her arms. Yeah, yeah, and so oh, and so she gets disgraced, and then Hannibal like comes uh, comes and gets her after that. I can't remember the plot of Hannibal, but it, mm-hmm. it it's from there anyway. But I really love Will working on his motorboats and stuff. He looks so handy, even though he looks so out of place. But still, it looks really sexy. I don't think so. No, I think he looks. He's pretty. always been like a fisherman. I know, but it still looks really good. <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh, my loins are aflame. I, I think what I love is in every fan fiction I've read, almost every fan mm-hmm. fiction I. Uh, Will is always fixing boats or something or he talks about living in Louisiana and just all that and how he lost his southern accent but how he always used to fix boats and that was like one of his first jobs or it was something his dad taught him Mm -hmm. so it's so bizarre I feel like I know (laughs) Will's backstory but I keep forgetting that's fan fiction and it actually didn't happen I think that happened in the books like if I remember Red Dragon correctly he did have a boat background so if I think of it was it probably up. like a one-off line somewhere. Yeah, right? it was so. like one line, like, oh, yeah, his dad fixed boats. All right. <laughs> Can it. Uh, so Chilton needs to stop harassing people who hate him while they are recovering in the hospital. Because, yeah. like, poor Alana couldn't even move. I know, right? <laughs> like, she's in traction, and she can't even, like, he's, like, taunting her. And I'm like... Poor yeah. Alana. And anyone notice the fucking fanciest hospital she's in? Like, yeah, she's what? Yeah. What? Ha- like she's in Wakanda. <laughs> yeah, what traction hospital room looks like that? You know, like Jesus Christ. Well, freaking um, Will's hospital room is so His much too. nicer. Yeah. The only thing I can think of is that means they're in um, they're in professional hospitals. By the way, that sounds. Uh, you know like how the FBI sort of yeah, like they're private hospitals for yeah. for law enforcement. America people. Okay. Yeah, and because of the case that that it was, I feel like Alana was given the privilege to work in, to, or to get, 
well the fancy in the hospital, tract- in the fancy ass hospital. <laughs> well, because I went to go visit uh, Celeste's sister in the hospital right after she gave birth. Like, because I didn't want to bug the baby. Because I was like, oh yeah, I want to go see. How you're- I want to go see how her sister is. Because people are always like, let me see the baby. But I'm like, how are you doing? Like, here's some flowers. Do you need a pizza or anything? Like, that's the type of person I am. Like, because I, I always hate because the baby doesn't care. Like, well, that's why I was saying bug pizza. <laughs> so I went to see her in the hospital. Like, oh, like one of the things about Canada, we have free healthcare. Yeah, but with free healthcare comes the fact that the hospital hasn't been upgraded in like four hundred years. So I was, yeah. I was there, and I'm like, oh, you have to pay for parking. I have to pay like seven hundred dollars for parking. Then the like, food. Ta- it's not actually free. Our taxes pay for it, but yeah, exactly. we're just just saying. Yeah. yeah, but it's still kind of it's still kind of terrible. Non Canadians listening. <laughs> non Canadians are listening. We pay for stuff. Yeah, and as natives, we pay for stuff. Yeah, we pay for taxes. <laughs> but it still bothers me. Podcast becoming something else. Okay. <laughs> I wanted to ask you guys: Are those flowers the same ones Chili Willy tried to give to Will? Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> I think I they were. Like... No, I saw Chilton put them down at Will's. But he could have taken them when Will was like, "Go away." Well, oh, he's like, oh, "Fine, I'll take these flowers. <laughs> I see you don't appreciate them." <laughs> well, that's eighty dollars well spent. <laughs> no, I think he left them. Yeah. Oh, okay, so you got another one. I say he probably got another one. Yeah, man, he really wanted to please them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> to buy them $80 flowers. I have never had anyone buy me $80 flowers. I don't know. That's sad. I should get, go get into traction or something. I'm trying to think. <laughs> I, did no. get, um, I did get a nice uh, corsage once when I graduated. That was nice. Oh. I wanted to get that uh, KFC corsage that comes with, like, a piece of chicken and flowers on it. <laughs> <laughs> so you could, like... Eat it. <laughs> oh, I guess you count my wedding flowers. I guess those are the nicest flowers I've ever gotten. But you bought them. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> you bought your own wedding flowers. myself, that's okay. It's like, because I love me. Well, then treat yourself. <laughs> so, but one of my favorite things this episode is Alana mentioning that she may have personality changes because of the bone marrow in her blood. I was reading that the ecology of the brain can be changed when bro- bone marrow enters the blood. However, the results of that aren't really conclusive. Bone marrow in the blood can lead to fat embolisms and can result in lung problems or seizures. So I think this is their way of saying, like, Alana is different this season. Even though I'm like, well, you don't need to explain like a dark Alana? Yeah, they don't need to explain it that way, though, because I'm like, of course, like, he tried to kill her. Yeah. <laughs> he lied to her for months. And, and was sexually intimate, like, that's yeah. worse. <laughs> that's know? the worst thing. Like, of course she'd want him to die. <laughs> I want him to die. <laughs> like, but it's still, like, it, it was still pretty cool to have them say, like, yeah, like, he's changed her. Irrev- well, I can't say that word. He's changed her for life, basically. Mm. And, like, this is the reason. This is kind of the reason he why. He ruined her life. Yeah. Basically. Why stop ruining people's lives? <laughs> you know, when uh, Alana comes up to Hannibal's house, right? Mm-hmm. In her wheelchair. It's probably the dumbest thing to think of. But I was like, I didn't know Hannibal's place was handy accessible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, I, I honestly thought, like, whenever I hear about it or look at pictures, there's, like, a front... Lots of stairs. There's a front stoop with, like, at least five or five or ten stairs. I don't know. But, well, I don't think she came by herself. Like, some, probably someone needs probably the way to But then, that, that, then it's like, yeah, then who'd she come with? Somebody's in the car. It's just, Uber. It just feels know. like one of those things in this universe where we don't have to explain how the hell she got in the door. <laughs> I can just imagine just standing behind her going, well, how did she get here? Like, I don't know. She's going along with her. <laughs> but anyway... But that whispering in Hannibal's house that uh, Alana hears, wasn't that kind of sexy? I really liked that. I liked it. <laughs> yeah, I was like, but it was, Like, I can understand they meant that, like, in a scary, traumatizing way yeah. for Alana. But, yeah, I was like, Because, yeah, yeah. <laughs> again, again, I have headphones on when I watch, so I'm just like... <laughs> Masses with three of my hair. Oh. Well, you remember when you posted that uh, on Tumblr like a few months back that uh, where Mass was reading uh, poetry oh. in the style of Hans Christian Andersen? No, he was reading a piece of. Uh, no, he yeah, he was playing Hans Christian Andersen mm-hmm. reading a, a fairy tale of something about his life or yeah. something. Yeah, it was really interesting because I remember you posted a picture of uh, a gif of Jimmy Jr. from Bob's Burgers and dancing where he's feeling himself. Yeah, up. Just, I was like, yeah. <laughs> Oh, but question about the house. Is Will sitting in the same spot where he was stabbed? Yes, yes. Yeah, I was mm-hmm. thought so too. I was like, it's gross. They're in an active crime scene. How did they get inside? Well, everything's gone. It's all I cleaned know. up. So, it's But just... the fridge was still there. It was probably like months. Yeah. Month. Well, they went by. Well, once they're done processing a scene, uh, like it's very, like, it's my understanding once it's a crime scene, they don't actually have to clean up, but the they usually, as a courtesy, 
to get the they don't have to they can send someone up? to go clean up yeah no, like, they don't actually have to but it's usually a courtesy to send wow. them. Um, most cops don't have to uh i was reading about like these uh forensic cleaners that, that you can hire basically yeah. i was reading a documentary about, or listening to a documentary about these australians who get hired by the cops to go clean out like because the cops will clean up the blood they won't do that it's a family responsibility they say and i don't know why i said <laughs> they say <laughs> damn the man anyway but yeah like they they do it as a service to the family so they don't have to come back and find like their loved ones like brain matter all over the freaking wall so it's like it's a good service and i think more people should do it because it's a specialized type of work so it's like oh like i'm glad they're there (laughs) because you have to burn the place down afterwards (laughs) but yeah like we know at least one person died in that house so i'm like why is it not locked or anything (laughs) or the windows boarded up or something i don't know yeah, is it well, at least one yeah. person dying in that house? I know one person that we know of. Okay. Well, now we know more people died, but, you know. <laughs> well, like, uh, on the books, one person is dying there. <laughs> but, but I wanted to say, even in that same scene, you know, Alana wheeling herself in. That was a really big-ass <laughs> wheelchair. And, you know, Will hanging out there. And even Alana says, in so many words, Will was in love, you know. Will was, even Will Borderline says he was in love. Jeebus. Is what I wrote in my notes. Deep, deep, Oh, but season three, Alana is my favorite. I'm loving her her. so far. I keep writing like how cool she is. Well, she gives no fucks anymore. Sorry, (laughs) sorry. Sorry, thing to the table. (laughs) Well, that's why I wanted the 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 microphone on something soft. (laughs) But that bone marrow in her brain did something positive for our girl. So I'm like, Mm -hmm. I'm I'm out for her bloodlust. And Margo (laughs) is back, and basically Wolf whistling at Alana. I know, right? Alana like looks so boss even with her cane and then, oh, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then Alana meets Margot and they both like you could tell they're both like oddly like eye-fucking each other it's like really weird I, <laughs> like, ship them. <laughs> I finally have my ship well, I, love the, I love Margot's dark lipstick I want to really find out what she's wearing I think it might be um a mac uh product but I'm gonna check it out like I really love that lipstick dark lipstick is my favorite lipstick by the way so I really love it it's just like blood red oh but yeah, speaking of red, I love that Margot really, really likes Margot and Red, and also did sis a favor by telling her to avoid the chocolate, which yeah. we know has oh, yeah. semen or something in it. I still think it has semen or something. <laughs> like his, like he licked it or something. I don't know. Like, like anything is terrifying. But I love that imposing shot of Verger Mansion where it has. Uh, freaking uh alana and mason and it's looking up at them and the mansion looks like teeth it mm-hmm. looks real so cool and fun fact the mansion used as the home of margo and mason is also the mansion used as mason's mansion in the film version of hannibal oh is it yeah so i looked it up because i'm like hey that looks familiar so i looked it up and yeah a similar scene to this one happened in the hannibal movie with with mason Verger. Mm. so i'm like yeah yeah so cool. Mm. Kudos to them. It is the Biltmore Estate located in North Carolina. I knew I recognized it. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Mason continues to be an asshole. But yeah. I love Alana's no fucks look when she <laughs> when Mason starts to choke on his own amusement and only know, right? after like five minutes asks if he needs help. Do you want to get the nurse? <laughs> I just love that part so much. Her look on her face while well, Mason's just like basically dying in front of her. It's like, ah. but oh, uh, but after Alana says she's down to hunt Hannibal, she has become my new favorite character. And you used to hate her so much in season one too. Yeah, right? I know. Like this is a. I love this tur- this turnaround right now. This one eighty. I'm happy for it because I really am. Like, I, I, she just gets better this whole season, so. She does. Like, let's go Hannah, let's go kill Hannibal girl trip. This is what I love. Like, and, like, you thought she looked good last season or the previous season. This one, she just looks well, Every time anyone gets fucked up by Hannibal, they come back looking better. Right, yeah. <laughs> dark Lana, dark Will. Yeah, they all oh, come yeah. back looking good. Everybody's been changed. Yeah. And for what reason, we don't know. But one thing that made me sad this episode is Bella can't even speak a full sentence because of her cancer. Yeah. I hate the world. I think this is the saddest episode yet. Yeah. Like I was, I was like tearing up, and I like I couldn't write because I was so sad. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably another reason I didn't like this episode. It's just I don't like the funeral scene. It just feels so sad to me. Yeah. And I, at one mo- one moment, I had to pause and I sat and wrote, "How many funerals have I been to?" And I <laughs> sat and wrote each one. <laughs> I have been to twelve funerals in my life. How many have I been to? <laughs> oh, wow. And I'm thirty three. So, <laughs> so I was like, and there's two I didn't go to, wanted to, but. 
Mm-hmm. It's just hard. It's yeah. just hard. Yeah. So, but yeah, so I was just like looking at that. I'm like, that's quite depressing. That's probably why I don't like funerals. Well, did you, um, <laughs> do you, does your family do the three days and then bury them on the third day thing or, uh, or is it just like one day and then burial? You know what's kind of nice? I think it's is, three days for my family. Mm-hmm. What's kind of nice is each of my family kind of does it a little different. Yeah. Like each family member respects how each member wants to do it. But usually, yeah, there's the, the wake. Sometimes there's two days of wake and then the actual funeral. Mm-hmm. So, Well, I want my remains scattered at uh, Disney World and I don't want to be cremated. <laughs> three days and then we bury the person on the third day with uh my homie sage's family since they're very spiritual they do the um the sacred fire for yeah yeah so does uh, dan's family does that yeah to help the spirit get to the spirit world mm-hmm. and yeah like I, i'm just like that takes too long <laughs> like just burn me and like with all my possessions <laughs> i think i want to be cremated like that's what i really really want i kind of want to be a tree yeah I don't do like that. Or a like, lot. You're, well, you're planted with a tree seed or something, or no. like already a half like baby tree. And I think the Amish do that, right? Like somebody does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but I'm like, I think that's what I want to do. So I'm thinking like, Dan says he he just wants to be buried in a little wooden uh, little wooden box. He's like, get the local high school to do it. And I'm like, okay. He's like, just bury me simple. He says, it's up to you if you want to put a tombstone. He goes, I really don't care. So he goes, you can even put a placard if you want. I'm like, okay. And I thought, two sticks. Two sticks. I'm sideways to make it But then I thought, I'll tell you what, whoever goes first, I'll be a tree. We'll put my plaque there, and then if you you go next, then you'll be buried by me by the tree. Aww. I go or the other way around. You're buried. We'll put a plaque there, and then when my tree comes, then we'll put a plaque on the tree. So there, we're ready. We're well, ready to go. That's so cool because uh, my grandparents uh, didn't want stones either for their graves. Um, like I thought that was weird because I was like, well, I want to know where the hell you are, like for the rest of my life and such. And it was just like because every time I go there now, because uh, for the documentary that is playing in Vancouver this Thursday so like, <laughs> as this recording it's the 6th so it's playing on the 8th my my documentary about grandma we it took me a while to find her grave when we went to her graveyard mm. and mm. so I was so annoyed by that because I'm like how the hell are we gonna find it when we don't know people here so but I'm like I think it's more about the memories then because I'm like like yeah. even when I was a little kid I knew people in the coffin weren't real well weren't the real person you know what I mean like uh that's actually what my uh true crime segment's about Shall we get to it? Yeah. Sure, That's a good segue. Nice. So, uh, so um, funeral preparation is really fascinating to me. And on this week's Under the Table True Crime segment. Bop, 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 bop. <laughs> <laughs> we look at funeral preparations and body reconstruction. This will be a short one. Um, I want to thank Vice for their article, The Art and Science of Making Dead People Look Alive Again, where they interviewed former funeral director and makeup artist Daniela Marconati. She mentions that embalming actually makes makeup application easier on a body. Dead tissue is harder and more palliable. Embalming can also have a bit of a dye in it to make tissue more lifelike and help make makeup look more natural. From a Refinery29 article entitled Confessions of an Embalmer, Amber Carvalry mentions using feature filler, a chemical used to plump up the faces of corpses as faces tend to sag after death. I spoke in one of our earlier episodes about mouthpieces and eye cups being used to make sure mouths don't fly open and eyes stay closed. There's a lot of work put into making sure a body looks good for an open <laughs> casket. Because <laughs> they do fly open. Like, <laughs> those are like, makeup face. It's like, uh, <laughs> Oh my god. Uh, if you ever seen like a, like a, like so, a story set in the Victorian era, you'll see people with their faces wrapped when they're buried. Mm. That's to keep them from their mouths flying open. Like, well, they don't fly open. but yeah it's like uh but i was really bizarre to read about um how many people want open caskets for people that probably shouldn't have an open casket so it's really bizarre to read about that um but i get to it in a second their specific their specialty makeup used for corpses is the majority of the drugstore makeup will more majority of drugstore makeup will slide off of a corpse as it is meant to mix with the body's heat of a living body heat of a living person and the makeup won't react with the cold skin of a body color correcting is done a lot as bodies tend to change color 
uh, Carvely talked about having to use multiple layers of makeup to turn a person from gray to a normal color, but it looked obvious that the person was wearing a lot of makeup. Mm. But what if someone suffered a lot of trauma, you asked, before death, and their family <laughs> still wants an open casket? According to a Ranker article I read called Mortuary Cosmetics and Their Grim But Fascinating Applications, a primer, the undertaker they're interviewing said, Restoration is as much an art form as it is a science, and with a good mortician, there's very little that can't be fixed. Decapitations can be remedied by using a wooden dowel to rejoin the head and body, then suture the neck back together. With a little wax and cosmetics, corpses can even wear a normal shirt or dress. Yeah. I've also read some articles where bodies will be reattached with stitches, though in bomb se- though the parts will be embalmed separately, and are still very okay to view at an open casket funeral. It's a really fascinating subject, and if you want to read more, check out the above mentioned articles. I was really amused to find out that funeral homes have stashes and stashes of high-end makeup that they regularly use, as it has been donated by families and just left there. But you can't use it yourself, as uh, the makeup that has been in contact with embalming fluid, making it dangerous to put on living skin. So yeah, fascinating stuff. I'll <laughs> say. <laughs> but I was really, I was trying. Uh, I on the on the Friday night, I was studying this up. I was looking up pictures because I wanted to see um, <laughs> a casket with a traumatic. An open casket funeral with a traumatic bo- a corpse, and then it was like a really sad <laughs> Friday night. <laughs> so, oh. It was just like oh. I'm gonna stop this now. <laughs> so, but like a lot of good work was being done on people. Like um, it was pretty cool. I don't know where uh, there's. A, I don't know if you guys seen the video for November Rain by Guns N' Roses, but in that video, his girlfriend dies, and it's implied to be that she committed suicide because there's a scene where she's in the coffin and there's a mirror covering half her face. And apparently that's used to conceal trauma on one side of the face. Uh-huh. So I'm, I couldn't find anybody who actually did this in real life. So I'm like, I wonder if that's real. I don't know. Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> sad topic of funerals. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a sad episode. <laughs> I know. It's like, um, uh, but Chilton, uh, well, one thing I really loved about the Bella scene is I love how her hospital bed is right next to Jack's seat while he's recovering. I'm like, oh, she's yeah, sick and she's there. <laughs> They're already holding hands, too. And, and, like, oh, oh. and I really hated so that sad. when she was like, at least they can cut out what's killing you. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> like, what if she died while he was recovering? Oh, that would have sucked more. But anyway. Uh, I love how Chilton's not even shamed when Jack calls him out on selling his experience. <laughs> so, like, Chilton is getting his Freddy Lounge on, and I will love his book. Like, in the universe, I would love his book, probably. Mm. I would want Hannibal to sell it. Hannibal. Or sign it. <laughs> Hannibal the Cannibal? Hannibal the Cannibal! <laughs> Every time someone tweets that, they owe him a dollar, I guess. <laughs> but one, uh, one point against Chilton, though. He seems to be on the Hanagram train. Like, curse him. He thinks they were in love. Because <laughs> he says that in the episode. I'm like, where? What? I missed it? Yeah. <laughs> when he's talking to Jack, he's talking about how um, Hannibal and Will were in love. I can't remember the exact line. Let me see if I can pull it up. Talk amongst yourselves. Hold on. I'll pull it up on Netflix. But yeah, like, it's, it's one of my favorite things this episode is that Chilton is realizing that he's probably not going to be a psychologist for long. And is trying to make as much money as he can. Probably, yeah. He's probably trying to get the goods together for another book. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wait, another book? Has he already done it? No. Well, no, he could probably sell what happened to him with with, uh, Gideon, too. Like, he could probably... That's true. That would be a kick-ass story. Like, seriously. Like, oh, okay. Is this the right one? No, it's... Hold uh, on. Fourth episode. Yeah, talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> Don't look. Oh. It Don't might look. be spoiler image. <laughs> and it's, okay, I really love the image for this episode on um, on Netflix Canada is a picture of Will in his hospital bed. So I'm like, yeah. 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 Good shot. Mm. <laughs> I wish I was a nurse in that room. <laughs> you know what I love? It's just that he's he's wrapped up in classic, uh, oh, I've been injured in the torso way. <laughs> I always find there's like... Uh, only so many ways you can dress a person attractively in bandages, and that's usually one way. For like, even Alana had bandages on her breasts. Boobs, yeah. And yeah. I was like, "Yep, that's the only way you pa- you bandage someone when they've been <laughs> they've been injured on the torso." Ladies get the single there. Guys get like maybe a little single on the thing, so we see all the chest and the ass. <laughs> okay, I found the thing. Hold on. Okay. Forced retirement at the FBI. You fall in love with the bureau, but it does not fall in love with you. Behavioral sciences doesn't have the resources. 
Homeland security is the priority now. Terrorists are more frightening than psychopaths. Not to me. Really? The first thing you did after getting shot in the face was copyright Hannibal the Cannibal. <laughs> the catchphrase is a trademark and protected as a form of property. You are alive because you did not pull that glass from your neck. Will Graham is alive because Hannibal Lecter likes him that way. See? <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I could remember. I knew I should have wrote that line down. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Okay. But he yeah. likes him that, that way. way. <laughs> <laughs> he likes him alive-ish. Oh, but <laughs> well, then he changes mind later. <laughs> but um, back to Bella though. Wrong. I love how they just don't put makeup on Gina Torres to make her look sick, and I'm like, she still looks amazing. Put something else on her. She was like, she just looks so beautiful, and I'm like, oh, I don't want to see her die. I know that was so sad. This episode's so sad. Like, I don't know. Yeah, their love is so heartbreaking. Yeah, and, the, okay, sad truth. Uh, apparently, during our hiatus, Lawrence Fishburne and Gina Torres broke up. <gasps> oh, love is dead. <laughs> really? Yeah, but it was amicable, apparently. So it's like, it, it, was, a it was amicable. Like, it's, it was the word, um, it was like, okay. Like, it wasn't a horrible thing. So, but I'm still like, oh. like a uh, mutual. Kind? Yeah, it was a mutual thing. I, I hope yeah. so. At least I'll beat up Lawrence Fishburne. But, yeah. <laughs> but it's just so sad. Oh, my heart's breaking. Well, it really, you know, it really is hard to be in relationships in the in the industry. Yeah, it is so hard. You know, it's just like that's the only reason me. I think me and Dan even got together is just because we happened to be on set all the time. And then um, when he was on set and I wasn't. The only time we got to see each other was like for the half an hour he came home at night, we went to sleep, and then the half an hour before he got up to go back to work. So, but I think it's, it's just dif- well, sorry to interrupt. I no. think it's different in your case too because you guys are um, n- not below the line behind the scenes. Yeah. Oh, that's like, true. We're not actors. So yeah, yeah not actors. But yeah. yeah. But I think acting is like, because uh, I know that like Ewan McGregor has been pissing me off because he, he cheated <laughs> on his, uh, he cheated on his long-term wife with a bunch of women. And I'm like, oh, McGregor, come on. Yeah, I know. Like, thanks for ruining it for me. <laughs> so, but I think there's some people who could make it. Like, I know Johnny Lee Miller, like after he married Angelina Jolie and they, they got divorced. Like, he's been with his wife uh, that he's currently with for the longest time. Like, and she's mm. like a makeup artist. So, I think actors dating actors is always going to be no. I, yeah, I get that. I remember uh, even in uh, university we were watching this instructional tape by uh, Michael Caine. <laughs> that sounds funny. He was teaching a, a theater a theater thing. Anyway, he was saying, you know, if actors do it right, you know, they'll and use their real emotions and all this and blah blah blah. He's like, then it'll feel like you're really falling in love with whoever in a scene. He says, and he he says that's why you see lots of actors hook up with somebody after after a film. They think what they're having is real. Mr. Yeah. and Mrs. Smith? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then that still kind of applies, I think, to crew. The only reason I say that is because, um, again, you're away from your partner for so long if you're on separate sets. And then we used to joke, or it's kind of knowledge if, you, if you're on set enough, you almost always have an on-set husband or on-set wife. Mm-hmm. There's just a person that you connect with and you hang out with them. Who's to say if that stuff actually happens, but that seems to be the thing that I've mm. seen happen. Even myself, I've seen it happen. I, I, I honestly thought, like, this one guy was like, I was like, are you and her? But aren't you married? <laughs> like, I never saw them do anything. But they were close. But, the, yeah, the way body language and the way they talk to each other, so I was kind of like, <laughs> So, and then someone, someone joked to him. Hey, it's your onset wife walking by. So I was like, "Oh, is this what it is?" And then I'd hear more jokes. And then, the, <laughs> sure enough, I saw another thing on another set, and on another one. So I was like, "Oh, okay." So, well, so, you bond. It's a like, thing in film. <laughs> yeah, when and if things are going bad on a set too, you bond with the people you hang out with. And lot. I'm eating a haul, and I apologize for the crunching. <laughs> I yeah, just realized not, I was crunching. It's while not I was my grinding my teeth over this handogram. So. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> But I wanted to ask you guys, did Jack over-medicate Bella, or did she just die naturally from her illness? He, I think I he think over-medicated he, her. Yeah, I think mm. he made her overdose. Yeah, tell us what you think of the comments, people. Like, cause it, Well, no, because, like, yeah, he, he, it, goes, implied, in, he yeah. goes in there. There's the medical chart showing each dose he gave, he and he didn't little, write it down. Yeah. A little bit of sad. He just too. looked at it, and then shut it, and then got, gave it to got her. the dose, and then gave it to her, and then he held her. 
So I thought it was very much implied that he cried too. Yeah, Yeah. that it was on purpose. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Just because like she didn't want that for herself, and he knows that finally. Like I think she won in a way by showing him what she didn't want to go through, and Mm -hmm. he was like, "We could do, we can handle anything." Like this is something. Yeah, this is just something to beat. And I'm like, "No, you don't beat that." Like because she told you it was like stage four cancer like it's it's not something you're gonna like i remember it's not something you're gonna defeat like she can't even get it treated like it's terrible like i was uh i'm working with a videographer right now who's my mentor and he his dad got diagnosed on thursday and was dead in two weeks oh wow like not on thursday but like uh, like no no you know what i mean like it was few years back but like it's it's so scary because i think with that kind of uh insight into your own mortality like i think a lot of people try to deny certain things and i think Mm. jack was making things a little bit worse for bella in the end by making her fight because i'm like oh just sad like i guess it's like last act of love is letting her go yeah Mm. because he has to because she's so in so much pain she can barely talk she Mm -hmm. can't even breathe she's so sleeping yeah I like, like, I like that whole thing where, like, he he imagined, reimagined the funeral rather, like, them getting married again rather than... Oh, no, it's so that. sad. <laughs> I know. It was just like... Oh, <laughs> was I, like, I have so much feelings right now. <laughs> but I'll tell you what. This is what made me, like, so pissed at Hannibal. He had the fucking gall to send a letter of condolences. I, I was like, you little shit. Well, this is what I wrote in here. Is it weird that I thought it was cool of Hannibal to send his condolences? <laughs> yes, that is weird. <laughs> <laughs> she was the only one to, ha- to get him after all. All, she would have been the one to take him down if she, if cancer hadn't gotten her. Like so, I think she would have defeated him. Mm. Like she is the clear starring of the show. Well, no, it's a bad metaphor. She would have taken him down. <laughs> yeah, I was just kind of like like I get why he did it, did it. Why he did? Why he done did it? Good <laughs> I can't speak. He, uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> like I get why Hannibal did it in in his mind and his weird world. It's very appropriate. It's the thing to do. I it's will like, send the condolences letter, but it's like. You killed you kill him. <laughs> you just fucking almost killed him. You know, it's like, oh, I oh, don't know. And, and he probably knows now that she, uh, when she tried to kill herself in his office, that he brought her back. And like, and that probably, that's why she smacked him. And she's like, he, she was trying to die and he brought her back, that bastard sort of thing. Yeah, like all these things, mm. yeah, come become clearer and it's yeah. just like. But I still thought it was cool. But how does Hannibal know that Bella died? He was probably, like, he's probably been, like, Google stalking them and stuff and seeing, like, oh, yeah. (laughs) Like, what did someone say in a fan fiction? He probably has Google alert. Yeah, Bella Crawford. (laughs) Yeah, uh, because he's... Obituary. Because back back in the previous seasons, he had a tablet. Mm. I bet he still has one, a new one, and he has an alert when things happen on... The people he's curious about, so... <laughs> well, Graham's still oh, crazy. I bet he put, I put, I bet he put FBI uh, Jack Crawford, and that was one of the first things. FBI sends her condolences to former... Former behavioral Head science. of behavioral sciences, Jack Crawford, for the death of his wife. And huh. blah, blah, blah. So I'll bet you that's how he knew. What a bastard. I, know. <laughs> I still think it's cool that he said that. Yes. And because he didn't put who it's from, all he put was Jack Crawford on it. Mm-hmm. He probably sent it, and some ignoramus probably was like, Oh, oh this is like, done so I'm just going to put it right on the call. It's not What I thought that implied, though, was that he sent the flowers. Like the the ones on her on her oh, coffin. I didn't think of that. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what I thought it implied that he sent those flowers to her. And Maybe because I, I think he really respected Bella in his way. But well, like, yeah. yeah, that's the weird part. He probably did respect the both of them, but still, it was just uh, it's kind of a dick move. It's, like, it's better if not. But okay, fine. <laughs> but I really, th- they really captured the feeling of a funeral, though. I really love the way they captured like how it feels wh- before it starts and like how you're just living with that hollowness. Like I really like it made you feel that hollowness of it. Like that whole scene where he's trying to pick out what she's gonna wear and Alana, like she's like mm. showing it off how all happily, and then it cuts to Alana holding it and saying, "Is this is this okay?" And I'm like. <laughs> Wait, because if you've never gone to gone through like preparing a funeral, it sucks, and it's like you don't want to like you want to mourn the person who died, but you don't want to do all the stupid like paperwork crap and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I remember when my grandmother died, the worst thing I hated was uh when we saw her in the open casket. I was like, she would never wear that shirt because they put her in like a a, a silk like button up shirt, mm-hmm. and I was like. That's <laughs> no, yeah, when my, uh, when my auntie passed, for some reason they put her in a suit. 
Yeah. I don't know why, and it looked like it didn't fit her, and you know, it just, oh. I don't, like, to this day, I'm still not sure what the hell happened with that half-ass funeral of my poor auntie. I, I feel really bad for her daughter, my cousin. But anyway, they put her in the really ugly-ass suit. She kind of looked like a man at a glance. I was, I was really mad. Anyway. <laughs> so I would just like to say, you should put it somewhere, make a note somewhere, even if you think you won't die tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Write a note somewhere. Tell people how you want your funeral to be and what you want to wear. Yeah. I'm just going to post a photo on Instagram and be like, this is how I want it to be. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, just take our pictures. You see, like, makeup? Create this makeup look on you, okay? <laughs> I know. Like, after my, like, my mom already said it, like, a bunch of times to a few funerals we've been to. But, like, especially after the last one, she was like, she was, I'm going to write it all down. That way no one has to think about it. I'll write step by step. Who you're gonna do? What I'm gonna wear? And then it'll. No one has to think. That's so, so good. Can, and I, I was more, like, "Thanks, mom." I think more people need to do that, just because it's like it's so depressing, and people get into fights over well, yeah, certain it's like, things. If anything, mm. like it sounds really weird, but like it should be a thing discussed while everyone's still emotionally stable and can think practically yeah. and like objectively. You know, it is a depressing thing, but it's like it's you, don't wanna, you don't want to you don't want to you don't want to deal with any of that stuff when so so and so dies. So it's like it should be a more common thing to be talked about. Yeah, yeah. I was laughing because my dad said when he like what his exact words if he goes like, I was like yeah. and then like he was like I want you to put hydro stickers all over my coffin and bury me in a New York Islanders jersey. I'm like, what is the funeral sponsored by hydro? Why are we gonna do that? Like, and so it was just like, and I was telling my sister, I was like, um, trash my computer before. Like, that's what I want you to do. Trash my computer. Uh, and cremate me. That's all I want. Like, with say, my computer. Cremate me with a pine box. Don't spend the money on a on a crappy coffin. Like, so I really like Dan's idea of like get the local kids. Just get the to local kids it. to make a box. <laughs> well, like he said, he doesn't understand why like caskets look the way they do. They're gonna mm-hmm. crumble under the weight of the dirt anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. like. So what's money? Just yeah, just get a regular box. You really don't need anything. Well, that reminds me of this quote from uh, uh, Golden Girls, where they're burying the, they they're they're planning the funeral for this woman they hate, and they're at the <laughs> funeral home, and um, this guy's trying to upsell them. So he's he's like, okay, here's the casket. It's like it's been making the rounds of all the all the funeral shows, and he's like, and Dorothy's trying to ask him how much it is, and he's like, it's lead line, and she cuts him off, and she's like, we're not burying Superman. How much is it? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, coffins are weird. How much are coffins? Uh, like, I remember when you were buying my grandma's, it was like four grand or something. What? I'm like, that's so much as a car. We would yeah. bury her in a car. Yeah, depending on what kind and style and what you put on it. I think it would be, yeah, anything from four to fifteen. Thousand dollars. Jesus. Coffins at Costco. What is that? Coffins at Costco. I don't know Costco. Costco sells caskets. Okay. Hold on. I don't um, see those on the aisles. Okay. Here they. Here they are. Oh my god. (laughs) If you Google uh, coffins at Costco, it comes up. So like the first (laughs) one that comes up is Elegance Cherry Expedia Shipping Walker Casket three thousand four hundred ninety nine dollars. That's still really expensive. Uh, Serenity Cherry Expedia Shipping. Walker caskets, seventeen hundred. Uh, caskets frequently ask questions. <laughs> so, uh, why is Costco? Why is Costco wholesale selling caskets? Answer: As a service to our members, because <laughs> uh, it's a thing that's needed. Well, I'm glad they're thinking about us. <laughs> but yeah, like I like I prefer my husband's. Yeah, just get give him a regular pie and box made by the high school, and just wrap him in his star blanket, and he'll be fine. Yeah, it's like embalm me, have a have a funeral, then put me in the oven, and let's go. Right. <laughs> let's go. You ever see that thing on the internet where they make um. An orb, like oh, a crystal yeah. orb of your ashes. Well, Carrie wants to get her. Uh, my sister wants her ashes made into a vinyl record of her favorite song. I'm like, man, what the hell? I don't have this kind oh, of money. That's, so <laughs> <cute>. <laughs> that's, that's pretty poetic. But what's, yeah, what song would it be? I think mine would be um, "Superstition" by Stevie Wonder or something. Mine would be "Fix You" by Coldplay. <laughs> <laughs> How would you do, Jay? If I was a record? Yeah, <laughs> if you were a record. Oh, jeez. Scratch uh, me all night long. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? It'll probably either have to be Smile by... Uh, Charlie Chaplin? Yeah. Aww, Charlie Chaplin. I love that song. Or, hmm, an Evanescent song of some kind. <laughs> probably Bring Me to Life. <laughs> 
<laughs> I love it. <laughs> I'll let my future kid decide. They can put me on He'll figure it out. Let's be frequent or side A, side B. <laughs> so what are you feeling like? Smile or friggin' the life? <laughs> Do a but to that song. Speaking of Chaplin, um, <laughs> Chaplin actually had his coffin stolen from this grave like a million years oh, ago. I think I heard that. Yeah, they they stole uh, somebody stole his coffin and like uh, was trying to sell it or something. Like somebody stole his body, and it took them about like five <coughs> years or something to find his body. Like, hold on, I'm looking it up right now because he died in the seventies. Yeah, he died in nineteen seventy-seven. And hold on, let me find it. Death, death. Where is this stuff? Death, where are you? <laughs> Death. <laughs> Biography. Uh, yeah, because his body was stolen. Hold on, I'm just going to Google that. That's body so stolen. Weird. Yeah, well, because people, body stolen. Okay, hold on. Shall I chop it? <laughs> uh, almost 40 years ago, on March 2nd, 1978, Una Chaplin, his wife, got a call from the local police. Three months earlier, her husband, Chaplin, of the British star of silent films and early talkies, had died peacefully at their home. Uh, he was 88. Grave robbers once held Charlie Chaplin's body for ransom. So she got a call saying, like, hey, hey, Miss Chaplin, we got your body. Oh, my God. <laughs> we want money uh, in hopes of a $600,000 payout. It didn't turn out the way they hoped. Uh, well, yeah. Some- He's dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Hold on. I'm trying to find out what happened. Uh, As for EHK, the way from the... Oh, the wife of the grave robbers made them give the body back. <laughs> I love, I love, I love that. that. I love that. Just come up. What the? <laughs> with you? You take, take that, that back. back. Get over there. <laughs> but it's pretty cool. Like I, I'm really surprised. Just grab them by the ear. Yeah. <laughs> so my, but my favorite uh, open casket story is Boris Karloff. He was buried in. Um, uh, and Boris Karloff, no, uh, what's face? The guy who played Dracula. I have a p- poster of him right here. Um, sorry, Dracula. <laughs> uh, turned a little oh, okay. poster. <laughs> what's his name? Boris Karloff. No, Boris Karloff was uh, was freaking um, was Frankenstein. Um, what's I his face? I don't know. Yeah, his voice. Name, you know, like, but I do know this is where the Dracula <laughs> accent uh, comes from. It's from this uh, actor. Uh, uh, <laughs> that's his real accent. Actor. Yeah, that's what he really sounded like. Yeah. Oh, Bella Lugosi. Okay, so Bella Lugosi was buried in his classic Dracula. Dracula costume, and I think it was like Christopher Lee and uh, Vincent Price who went to his funeral, and the, they were looking down at him and like, oh, he looks so peaceful and stuff. And uh, Vincent Price was like, hey, do you think we should put a stake through his heart? That's <laughs> <laughs> really funny. That would be like if no, if I was dr- known as Dracula, that's what I would have wanted someone to yeah, say. Yeah, that would have been freaking hilarious. So we're almost within the hour, so I want to get back to the show. Yeah. But I love how Mason's nose, like his his nose, like. We get to see his surgery. I like how his nose looks like a pig's. That's my favorite thing about yeah, him. Yeah, right? That's so weird, but that makes sense because he yeah. cut off the bridge of his nose. Yeah, so, so of yeah. course it's like, eh. Oh, not the bridge, the, the tip. And I'm trying to figure out if the guy who was get, like who had his face off was just, um, was Michael Pitt? I'm trying to figure out if it was him or the like, footage from last season. Because I, I don't think it was Joe no, Anderson. Yeah. No, I don't think it was. Yeah. I, I was, to- was totally against Joe Anderson playing Mason because I was like, oh, crap, it's going to suck now. And uh, Michael Pitt, how dare you be such an asshole? Because mm. like, he's apparently hard to work with. But I really like the different ways they play him. Michael Pitt as a crazy man-child Mason and uh, Joe Anderson as the crazy uh, bed-bound, homicidal revenge-seeking Mason. Like, it's, like, two different people. And yeah. I really love that, so. And he, and he kind of does a nice homage to, uh, to, uh, Gary Oldman's version of... <laughs> Which yeah. he quotes it, too. Like, he quotes a bunch of scenes from Hannibal the movie, and Gary mm-hmm. Oldman was like, you don't beat the Riz. So, yeah. <laughs> so I just, like, I, even though Gary Oldman's kind of a, a garbage man right now, like, he's, he beats his wife. He oh yeah, nice. so I hate him like now. But, but like, he just won an Oscar. <laughs> what are you talking about, Tanya? <laughs> <laughs> that Nolan Voids that he's making the past. Yeah. But you know, like, why are actors like like the Mill ones at least are like the worst? I don't, I, know. I don't know. Like it's just terrible. Does, does it, like the power just gets to their heads or something? Well, like, Chaplin, the like well, not to bring it back to Chaplin, but Chaplin's wife was like, he was fifty when they got married. She was like sixteen, seventeen, seventeen. Yeah. Really? Wow, uh, this is like. Things I never heard before. <laughs> like he was a cool guy and lived a fascinating life, but he was really yeah, creepy. He, he about really girls. liked he really liked him young. Yeah, every wife he had was like under twenty. 
Like, probably under 18, too. But supposedly, at least in the film, they, they allude to the psychology of that. The reason he liked him young is because they the, their youth reminded him of his first love, whom he who never... Who died young. Who died young and he never got to be with. So that's the psychology that they hint at, is that's why he likes them young. They remind him hmm. of his first love. But again, that's the whole Lolita, like... But still, thing. yeah, that's yeah. still like, creepy. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. But apparently, like, Una, his wife, was really... Like, uh, I think his granddaughter's on Game of Thrones, or was on Game of Thrones, and Una was, like, the perfect wife for him. So I think, like, they had a happy relationship. But still, <laughs> But yeah, uh, let's see. I like how... I do love Joe Anderson, because he looks really similar to Catherine Isabel as Margot. Like, they look a lot more similar to each other, uh, than Mason, uh, than Mason, than Michael Pitt did. So I really like how similar they look. So they could be siblings. I really, like, they have similar eyes. So love them both together. <laughs> <laughs> but I love Alana being a bad bitch for wearing heels while walking with a cane. Like oh I, yeah. It's like how are you doing that? It's like, You'd be I, surprised, man. Like you should see my old boss working at the university. She had like really bad back pain that she had to like uh, take uh, morphine pills or something because that pain was that bad. But anyway. She would still come to work in, like, badass bitch outfit, rock, rocking the heels, and she had a cane. She, I swear, that's what she looked like when I, when I saw Alana. I was like, she looks like my boss. <laughs> and, like, she would come into work, like, with that, and she had a cane with a little glass top, that oh, little crystal on the top. Oh, my God. She said, yeah, like a witch or something. Yeah, kind of. She's like, I saw it online, and it looked really cool, so I bought it. And I'm just like, <laughs> and yeah, she, and she did that exact same kind of walk that Alana was doing. She'd come in, and she'd be like... She'd We're like, still steady, oh, but yeah, like, she's like JJ, can you do this and this? Get ready for the meeting. I'm like, yeah, I could totally do that. And I've been, and she, and she's already so tall, <laughs> and with her heels and everything, I'd be like, just looking up at her, like, damn, woman. <laughs> Man, that's who yeah. I aspire to be. Yeah, it's just like I had all kinds of respect. I want for that her. much sway. <laughs> I know. I was like, I wish I could be you. <laughs> both my bosses, both her and my previous boss before her, they just. I swear, my first boss never wore the same outfit twice. Ooh. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> I like those people. Or she like she just really just switched it up that you couldn't tell. I remember saying that to her. I said, "Do you really not wear the same outfit twice?" And she goes, "She goes, not really. Now that you mention it, <laughs> she just throws them out like paper towels. <laughs> well, no, she, she, and she makes her own clothes. So she, I think what she does is she just kind of sh- mixes them up a bit. So. Uh. But yeah, they were both badass bitches. <laughs> um, but the final question of this episode that I have for you guys. Oh. Did Will take a boat to freaking Europe? I know. Okay, I wrote a whole yeah, page thought, on that. I put just a bunch of question marks because like that's a small that's ass boat too. Yeah. So I looked on a map. I looked on Google Maps and I looked up to see if there was such a thing as sailing that little boat to do it. It is a thing, but it's extremely rare because it's very hard to do and it's dangerous so this is what i found out i figured will is crazy to travel by a little sailboat to go see hannibal by the way (laughs) which park yeah yeah like i thought i figured either it takes a few days to get from baltimore to sun ocean city by boat or it would have taken a few hours if he drove straight there (laughs) but whatever so they don't hint at where he got on his boat but the setting says to me that he got on in baltimore and so anyway uh it does, yeah, I think he got on Baltimore. So anyway, then he would have to get from there to Ocean City and then Ocean City to maybe Bermuda and then cross the North Atlantic Ocean <laughs> to maybe to the next closest bit is Panada Delgada. Which is not easy. Yeah. yeah. And then from there, the next closest mainland is Portugal. And then from there, I don't know. <laughs> so I'm like, I don't know. You do the math. What the fuck? This up. <laughs> like, and I put here, just fucking fly. Really? <laughs> so extra. I know, right? It's like, really? You have to well, take your sailboat. Like a criminal? Can they criminals fly? Uh, well, I think he got acquitted, so I don't think he can. He can fly if he wanted to, but like, I think it's just like the um, the struggle of getting there is what is the is the thing he wants to do or something. But that's the thing, know. though. Even when you still come into port and most uh, most uh, harbors in any place, you still have to check in with somebody because you have to park your boat. Yeah. Uh. And then when you park your boat, you, you, <laughs> or, what's the word? Uh, uh, sorry, moor. Yeah. When you moor your boat. <laughs> um, yeah, you have to check in with somebody, so he still needs a password to get into different countries. And so. he's probably being like watched by like the like the coast guard or something. Like people probably yeah. see him out there. The only logical thing I could think of the reason he would do that is again he still wasn't sure what he would do when he gets there. Mm-hmm. So he spent most of that time thinking. I guess <laughs> I don't know, but like, why would you take a boat? The only thing I could think of is he he went halfway with his boat, so he could figure out his plan and then flew. 
That's the oh, only thing I can think okay. of. So he probably just went like to yeah, because you never you never think of the boat again once he gets to Europe. Like honestly, like he probably, <laughs> he probably like, hey, watch my boat. <laughs> well, I go get Hannibal because then he. Oh, I don't want to spoil, but we know he, we don't ever see the boat again. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I'm just like I, I'm pretty sure he sailed his boat like and part sold way it or something. Either sold it, dropped it off somewhere, and then continued the rest of the way. That's what I'm left. Yeah, because like, isn't Lithuania like a landlocked country? He didn't take it there. So it's like... Yeah, it's like right smack <laughs> in the middle of like Europe. So it's like... just dragging it. Yeah. <laughs> it just makes no sense. So anyway. <laughs> And we've come to the end of the show. What was your favorite and least favorite part of this episode and why, Celeste? My favorite? Probably Lana. Mm-hmm. She's so cool in this episode. So cold. So badass. Like, I'm, I can't wait for this season just for her. <laughs> also, like, the little thing of her and Margo, too. Like, yeah. I'm pretty happy about that. Oh, there's some goodies for you, man. Yeah, I'm really happy. Yes. <laughs> and least favorite? Bella dying. I'm still sad about yeah. it. <laughs> Honestly, it's just so sad. I think that's why we delayed this episode so much, is we were both, uh, we were all too terrified. Yeah, to subconsciously talking about it. Yeah, yeah. it's like, oh. yeah. It's kind of funny, too, because now I understand why you want me to record with you guys because when I I actually missed um we were supposed to record on Saturday we're like we'll just schedule it for today I was like okay cool and, she, and Sonia's like oh because I want your your opinion something I was like oh okay it's like damn <laughs> like because if you if I say oh yeah we really need your opinions this episode then you know it's a good app a good thing yeah. I want to talk about she, <laughs> but how about you JJ favorite and least favorite ah you know what my favorite would probably have to be you know what? Unfortunately, I don't think I have a favorite for this whole Aww. episode. It's just uh, not enough Hannibal. Yeah. It makes me mad sending that letter. <laughs> um, and least favorite is just the whole funeral, just because you know, it just I hate funeral anything. Yeah. And plus, what I hate, what I can't, I couldn't ha- stop thinking about was how both um, Lawrence Fishburne and uh, what's his wife's name? Jean Torres. Jean Tor- were are were real really married. And how awkward was it to shoot that? And she actually had to be in the casket. There's a the shot of her time, in the casket. Yeah. So I'm just like. Ah, even though they had fun in the bloopers, you see the bloop. We'll watch the bloopers later. They had fun in there, but still, I was just like, how hard would that be? Yeah, it's like your loved one. You have to go. Like it's something yeah. akin to that scene in um, Harry Potter in the uh, what's the last one called? Um, uh, Deathly Hollows. Deathly Hollows. Yeah, oh. where um, <laughs> like, oh. where Fred and George, where one of them dies, and the actors had to do it in real life. Like mm-hmm. where one of them has to die. Yeah, and that was like the hardest scene they ever had to shoot because like. That's his brother, like... It's, yeah, it's like... Oh, just terrible. But yeah, I'd say, yeah, I don't really have a favorite, and that's my least favorite was the funeral stuff, so... My favorite was Mason and uh, Chilton having some sort of weird Moment prosthetic there. sex, I yeah. know, it's going on. <laughs> and uh, my least favorite was the funeral, just because it was too real. Like, mm-hmm. it, it, like, it gave you the feeling of what a funeral is actually like. Like, if you never had to go through a funeral, like, you're so very lucky, and oh my god, that's amazing. But it's one of the sadder facts of life. Like, it's it's just... And the way they captured that, like, there was no stylization of the scene, and I really love that. Like, least favorite in terms of it made me sad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, in, a, in any other way, it would make me my favorite. Oh, it was impressive that there was no one there. Well, I think it was just the start of the Yeah, funeral. I know, I know. <laughs> but I just I thought how even sadder. There's no one else there. Death of a salesman. Just Will walks in. Hi. <laughs> I imagine she had a lot of friends. It's like, I'm not going to yeah. sit beside you. I'm going to sit behind you. Like, okay, not, like, not to harp on the most uh, terrible funeral stuff, but like, uh, I think people, like, uh, you'd be surprised how many people would go to your funeral. Cause, like, uh, so I had a friend in university at film school who killed himself. Mm-hmm. And it was really, really sad. It was right before Christmas. And he, uh, like, I wasn't sure about the exact story, but like, at his funeral, like, you could not get a seat in there. It was terrible. Like, it was, there was so many people there, like, that he. He barely knew like I barely knew him like he was like just the pe- the person I talked to and I thought he was a really funny actor and he was really really great mm. but he, it was so sad to see how many people he had touched that were there mm-hmm. to support his family and I'm like why like suicide like if you have suicidal thoughts like get help it's really you, people will miss you like as shown by my friend's funeral and it was like the worst thing ever because mm-hmm. his parents were just heartbroken and I'm like oh Funerals suck, people. I'm glad we got through this episode. Yeah. <laughs> but where can they find you on social media webs? <laughs> where can they find you? It's like, find me on Instagram. <laughs> so, S. <laughs> you can find me on Tumblr, Instagram at Satuma, S-A-T-U-M-W-A-H. Uh, you can find me on 
Twitter and Tumblr as JJ Neeps, J-J-N-E-E-P-S. And you can find me on Instagram as JJ Neepin Films. And you can find me as honey underscore child at Twitter, uh, honey dash child on Tumblr. And you can find us on Tumblr as Hannibal's Horny Abachi. And please let people know about us. Like, we're almost done this season, but, like, I think we are doing a good job so far. We I found so, a yeah. groove and stuff. <laughs> yeah. I noticed when you posted uh, saying that we were going to delay, there was already, like, two people who were, like, no! you know, like, and like, so I'm like, oh, there's people paying attention. <laughs> I know it's already been this long, but I'm still happy whenever I see someone oh, like yeah. a thing. Like, even if it's just, just like one person who's listening to this. Like, yeah, yes! that means there's that somebody listening. <laughs> so, like, we're really happy to like get you guys involved and stuff. Like, I'm going to probably be obsessed with Pacific Rim in the coming weeks. So, like, uh, fan fiction will be <laughs> something new to me now because I'm getting back into it right now. It's like my favorite parent for Pacific Rim. But yeah, I was reading. Um, what was it? I was reading a Hannibal fan fiction about uh, Chilton and Abel Gideon. Man, that was a good fan fiction. Whoever wrote that, I'm gonna shout out to you next next episode. I gotta <laughs> look that up. But anyway, uh, <laughs> but uh, we will see you next week for episode five, season three. <laughs> Have a good night. Hey, bye. bye.